We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Wednesday, October 17th, aka NBA Schedule Release Day. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I've got my co-host Taylor here. The I, I remember every year when the schedule comes out. Just like a little teaser, you know, gives us a little something to talk about again. And then we have another little drought until training camp. But uh, at least we have something new to talk about today. We've also got J.D. Silva. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get any deeper at this point. I'll get a voice modulator one of these days. (laughs) It's going to sound like the guy from Taken eventually. (laughs) So, yeah, big news of the day, uh, the content we've all been starving for. You're talking about uh, how I woke up this morning, got on Twitter, and saw Goku doing the gritty in Fortnite? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so, where we are as a society. Yeah. Silva DM'd me a video today of Vegeta in <laughs> Fortnite apparently getting a lap dance uh-huh. until Bulma kicks the door in. Yep. And where I are we like, at? This is what's this wrong with society. Multiverse. Uh, this is what is multiverse you can be ariana grande you can be the dwayne the rock johnson you can be goku travis scott whatever yeah i saw i saw the video of the guy winning the Fortnite game with a goku kamehameha wave and then hit the gritty and i was like that's what i saw this is where we are that for the first time in my life i said these damn kids yeah Yeah. i'm old i'm old all right, well, we're, we've been dying for content. We finally got something, which is the NBA schedule release. There were little nuggets coming out. We had, you know, opening night, Christmas Day, my favorite, Mark Stein's 
Boba Marjanovic returned to Dallas. <laughs> because that Boban was high, revenge game. That was high on the list, the Houston Dallas game. Let me tell you something. But no, we, we have a full Thunder schedule out. We are going to break that bad boy down six ways to Sunday on the show. That that's the whole point of this episode is the Thunder schedule. Uh, so let's dive right into it. I, I believe we have the schedule here live on the stream if you're joining us. And we're just going to uh, to peruse this thing and and talk about some of the bigger themes from the Thunder schedule. Uh, first off, guys, this one had already been leaked via Minnesota sources. Oklahoma City season debut. Game number one comes on a Wednesday night, October 19th, 7 o'clock, up in Minneapolis. Chet and Mike Muscala return home to play against Rudy Gobert and... Carl Anthony Towns. I saw the nickname today, the Northern Heights, instead of the Northern Lights for those two, Cat and and uh oh. and Gobert. I kind of like it. It's really like clever. That. Yeah. So Maybe how do you guys feel? Corny, then it'll be all over. But. How do you guys feel about this opening night matchup? It's a hell of an opening night for Chet, specifically, going against two veteran massive bigs. Uh, who both Rudy doesn't like to back down, but he will certainly give Chet some some work on the defensive uh, end of the floor, and then Cat will, I'm sure, try and bully Chet the entire night. And not to mention, uh, you have Chet going back home to Minnesota to to play his first ever NBA game, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. as well. Um, I it, it's kind of funny, like Sylvia, you mentioned both Cat and Rudy Gobert, right? And I think of, you know, who's probably going to be playing alongside, especially in that game, like from a matchup standpoint, knowing Dagnaught, he'll do something off the wall and like start Chet and like Bailey together. But I kind of, I still think it'll be JRE. And when you think about it, like you kind of have like a, I, I don't want to go all the way and call him poor, poor man's cat because Jerry's a solid player, but kind of poor man's cat, right? Mm. <laughs> and then you kind of have like a, a young a little more scrawny, but more versatile uh, Rudy Gobert and Chet. So it's kind of fun, like those two matchups right there, because I do think mm-hmm. JRE will get the cat assignment. And uh, obviously Chet and Gobert going head to head, it would just be a, a great experience for Chet early on. And then you have like Ant, Ant Edward, Anthony Edwards and SGA. Um, Ant versus Lou. Ant versus yeah. Lou. Oh. D'Lo versus Shea. Yeah, D-Lo Josh on Jaden McDaniels. It's a fun really matchup. It'll be a fun game. Taylor, you kind of mentioned it right there. I think JRE starts. If Baisley starts opening night, it means one of two things to me. Thing number one, Baisley had an incredible training camp, and I'm about to have to eat all of my words over the summer. (laughs) Or B, they just want to get their asses whooped because a uh, Baisley-Chet front court is going to get bullied by those two bigs up in Minnesota. But I tweeted it whenever this game got leaked. I hope with all of my heart that Rudy Gobert has to guard Chet Holmgren because Rudy doesn't like to guard more than seven feet out from the basket. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's for the brand, right? Silva, play the sounder. Come on, baby. Come on. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert, (laughs) 
to define it. It's been, it, a minute. It, I've been in the woods for a week. It just it fits the <laughs> narrative so well. I tweeted that once Chet hits his seventh three of the game on a step back on Rudy oh. Gobert, I'm gonna like go into a seizure and just <laughs> start losing my mind. He's um, gonna start levitating like a Stranger Things season four style. <laughs> basically. The Thunder play Minnesota snapping. three times, I think, before Thanksgiving. Three times in the first month. Yeah. In those three total games, how many games will we be able to say, hey, the best big on the floor tonight, like the big that had the best game tonight, was Chet? This is scary for me to guess. I think it might just be one of the three. Um, I have a hard time... I'm really caught up on the size of that front court. We talk about Chet versus size a lot before. That's usually in a on a team where there's only one massive guy in the paint. But Minnesota is like the one exception where they play two centers. And I can just kind of wonder how they're going to deal with that. I hope it goes the way that you were thinking where Chet just cooks him, cooks Gobert on the perimeter or Cat. Cat's not 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 a great defender. I hope it goes the way of that and hope we space him out. Um I do worry a little bit about about Chet's size in that matchup specifically more than like on the going, defensive end on the defensive end more than going up against like the traditional bigs that we have been talking about. I want to see Gobert try to post Chet up, try to body him up, push him underneath the basket, and then Chet just turn around and feed his shot right back down his throat. <laughs> see that that is what's going to be super interesting about that matchup, right? Is you guys alluded to it, mentioned this a little bit, but. Like this is a team that relies so heavily, uh, this team being the Thunder, on getting into the paint. Like we talk a lot about Shea, a lot about Josh, um, how their shooting needs to improve, as, as well as bringing in some of these newer guys. And like, what are their their spot up sh- uh, three point shooting, their off ball movement going to look like? That that's going to be critical in these kind of matchups uh, when we're talking about wins early on in the season. Now again, like we aren't. That's kind of the beauty of this is we aren't so concerned about wins and losses as much as we are a competitive game. And so it's going to be fascinating to see, like you guys said, these specific matchups like Jerry and cat or whoever the heck else is going to guard cat, uh, Chet and go bear Anthony Edwards and Dort on one side of the ball. And then, you know, probably Anthony Edwards guarding Shay on the other end. That's going to be a blast. So that's just one of of very many fun matchups here to, to start the brutal stretch to open the season. Yeah, so speaking cool. of that, let's dive into that. Per Presidual on Twitter and per Tankathon.com, the Thunder have either the second or the first most difficult schedule of this season. When you look at Tankathon.com, let me get it pulled back up here real quick. Uh, they list out like the toughest remaining opponents and the easiest remaining opponents. The Thunder get the Warriors four times. The Suns four times, the Bucks twice, the Celtics Jeez. twice, the Grizz four times, Clippers four times. Yeah, like the the Thunder have a very very tough schedule. So that leads into my next question, which is, after seeing that, after seeing the matchups, after kind of perusing the schedule here, does it change your opinion at all on the win total, the over unders for the OKC Thunder? That was the first thing I was thinking about when I saw that we had like a top five most difficult schedule in the league because I've been pushing the narrative of like, okay, it's going to be 29 to 29 to 32 wins. That's what I've been saying. That's what I want. That's what I'm hoping for uh, out of this season. But seeing that they are there, I'm definitely thinking the lower end of that 
of that small scale around 29, 28, 29, even in that case. And I, I, I kind of like that. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before we went live, but the idea that a lot of the games, a lot of these difficult games are front loaded. And we usually see OKC during this rebuild have taken their foot off the pedal at the end of the season. At the end of the season appears to be much easier. So I do kind of wonder how that is going to work. Like if they rest people, is that going to result in more wins than it normally would? Maybe that's how they make up some. Not sure. I'm with you, Silva. I I was thinking the same thing. And then something else that kind of stood out to me. Uh, Silva, you actually shared this in our Slack, and it was a tweet from uh, HP Basketball. I think that's one of the uh, the you know he had a source or not sorry not a source he tagged the source of his tweet uh, the source of the data, and, and I'm pretty sure Jacob just mentioned it, but Presidual, I hadn't heard of them. Yeah, positive residual, today. like an analytics. Oh yeah, so um, so they had the San Antonio Spurs with the most difficult schedule, or yeah, most difficult schedule as a whole: the Thunder, then the Rockets, the Magic, and the Pistons. And I look at that list. All five of those teams have something very similar in common. <laughs> Young, rebuilding yeah. teams, all five with aspirations of getting a high draft pick in a very talented 2023 draft class. Doesn't that benefit the league to give those teams the hardest schedule uh, in multiple ways, right? Like, you have those teams a toughest schedule who want to lose and get better draft picks. This is like me on full, uh, whatever the conspiracy podcast is, uh, uh, Dan Levitard Le- Le- show. What is it? The <laughs> basketball Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Open yeah. your third eye. Uh, this is me doing my own little bit here. Doesn't it benefit the league to have like those five teams with the most difficult schedules rather than throwing like the Lakers with like a difficult schedule and the Phoenix Suns with the difficult and the Bucks with a difficult schedule? Like you want your stars and of your contenders, your championship and playoff contenders to be healthy and ready to go come playoff time. Are these teams like? They're, they're hoping to get a good draft pick anyways in this next draft. And that benefits you if they do, right? So kind of yeah. a win-win-win for the, the NBA here with those teams having one of the, some of the most difficult schedules just to for, just for the season in general. I was about to say to start the season, but the season as a whole. That kind yeah, of makes so, sense. Silva, you just mentioned kind of the, the front-loading of the schedule. I think that's really fascinating because – Taylor, you just kind of mentioned it. Like the Thunder have one of the most difficult schedules in the league, right? All these young teams have very difficult schedules. But for the Thunder specifically, I think it's very fascinating because we've always seen this team, I'd say always, past two seasons, pull the plug to tank at the very end, like post-All-Star break. Post-All-Star break is when this schedule actually gets pretty easy for the Thunder. Like... So Tankathon, after each game, they adjust their um, hardest remaining strength of schedule. And the second half of the season, the Thunder's strength of schedule gets a lot easier. Like, they're going to be bottom half of the league. Um, it's, it's that first half that's really, really difficult. Like, they play... Let's just dive into it. I, one of our notes was the first nine games of the season, mm-hmm. which is Minnesota, Denver, Minnesota, Clippers, Clippers... Dallas, Orlando, Denver, Milwaukee. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. that's insane. Yeah. So, uh, fellow hoop. I mean, I, I can't call myself a fellow hooper because I wasn't there for the pickup run, but you two were. <laughs> and a fellow hooper of your all's, uh, Daniel Bell, basketball guru D. Ten of the Thunder's first twelve games are against playoff teams from last year, and then, like Jacob just alluded to, the other two are against the Magic and the Pistons, and those obviously aren't going to be cakewalks either, especially early on the season. So, I mean, it's. It's pretty brutal. So 
let's just let's dive into those first nine. Uh, first mm-hmm. off, I want you guys to give me. I'll, well, I'm going to go game by game. Yeah. You give me win or loss, and we're going to get a a nine game total of a win loss record. Okay. Opening night versus Minnesota. Loss L. <laughs> uh, Saturday night versus the Denver Nuggets. L. Loss. Home opener against Minnesota. I'm calling that one a W. Yeah. So let's just bump in. I think that's I like it. Be the, okay. The first dub. So so they are one and two right now. So um, I'm drinking that uh that Thunder Blue Kool Aid. At so home, are. at home against the Clippers. Oh boy. Uh, okay, so you know what? Not- so th- w- w- those aren't necessarily back to back in days, but it's a back to back. What we call a baseball, or what we call what a lot of people are calling like the quote unquote baseball series, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we play the the Clippers uh, October 25th at home, and then turn around and play them again October 27th at home. So let's go ahead and just say, Silva, what do you think? Do you think we split those? You know, I kind of think they're they're just gonna. I think they might like. I don't know if Kawhi and Paul George are gonna play in both of those games. That's Maybe they're taking it slow on a minutes restriction or something like that. I think they split one of those. Wow. That's what I think. Okay, too. let's say they split. Let's get Two crazy. and three. Then they go on the road Saturday to Dallas on the 29th. Lost. Another L. <laughs> then they don't oh, play again till wow. Tuesday. They're one. I'm going to rant for a second. Go for it. Once NBA TV games are not national games because you have to buy a special cable package. Stop feeding me that bullshit. It's not a nationally televised game. It's an exclusive high cable package only game. National TV games are on ABC, ESPN, TNT. Stop calling them national TV games. This is some bullshit. I'm tired of it. Uh, you're right, though. It's I, I wouldn't even know how to watch. I, I'm not. I don't pay for League Pass. Otherwise, I mean, exactly. you can't watch them anyway if it's local. Right? So, it's with all that being said, the Thunder take a two day break and then they play at home against the Orlando Magic on TNT, a truly nationally televised game. Paulo versus Chet. That's yeah. exciting. They're at home. I kind of feel like they're going to show up for that one. Um, this I, is I, my first time to interject on the on the win losses of this one. Yeah, to me, this is a win. I think so too. They but take I'm away gonna... Paulo, the Thunder's roster is significantly better than Orlando's. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I also think there's going to be so much pressure on each of those two players. Not pressure, but self-imposed pressure, just because of the whole narrative and thing and things uh, for that game that we probably see fairly mediocre games, especially this early in the season. We'll probably see fairly mediocre games from both Chet and Paulo, and that's where you'll see guys like Shea. And, and and Getty shine right and nobody on that Orlando team can guard Shea Gilchrist Alexander no nobody no, on a single one nobody so we're calling this one a win I, I think agree. so I also think this is the night where the Chet is too skinny narrative starts to blossom because Shaq talks about him on inside the NBA after the game oh, oh that's God. a good point. Silva stop at halftime sorry, why do you have to that's make a good points prediction. on the podcast you know what sorry. that's a really good prediction. Jack's going to be like, I don't know how this man could be a center in the NBA. And then it's, we're going to like clip this and, and put it on Twitter and, and TikTok after the game. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Okay. Thursday night, Thursday night, they, they, they play the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Mm, I still, yeah, that's an an L Saturday night. They go to Milwaukee. Yikes. Another L. L. So we have them going three and six in those first nine. And that's optimistic. I was that's exactly what I was about to say, Silva. Like that you guys optimistic. have them going three and six. I would say two and seven. I think they win one yeah. Minnesota game and the Orlando game. Uh-huh. I don't think they take yeah. one of the Clippers games. That's just me personally. 
but to if if this team on our Sunday night episode, because we do shows every Sunday night during the season, Sunday, November 6th is a uh an off night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We will be live doing our podcast Sunday, uh, November 6th. And if the team is three and six or two and seven, what is the vibe of Thunder fans? Um you know, three weeks into the season. I think it's, excited. Yeah, I think it's still excited, especially because I think we will have seen more of Chet by that point. We'll have more to look at as far as film. We'll be able to see. There's just going to be so many other storylines on this team besides winning. Uh, that, And you get to look forward to the next game, which is against the team at a very similar spot to the Thunder in Detroit. So there's a lot of room for optimism. I Yeah. yeah. I agree. And I think like if we're talking three and six at that point in the season, it's probably due to a couple big Shea Gilgis Alexander games to Silva's point. Chet's probably looking pretty solid. And then we're getting some really good contributions from other players. So has Giddy made, made a leap um, is, you know, we, we talk about JRE and players like that, that have already been on the team, Trey Mann, but probably J-Dub's having a pretty good impact. Uh, Dagnall probably has a, a pretty solid rotation in place at this point. Uh, 10 games into the season, you know, he always, I think he always said here two years ago when he was asked about it, that he feels like 20 games is a solid sample size. And I think Silva kind of alluded to this as well a little bit ago, like we would be halfway there at that point. So I think he would start to get into a little more of a, a not tighter rotation, but a more regular rotation. So th- those would be my takeaways if, if we find ourselves at three and six at that point of the season. Mm, I yeah, like it. We could be two and seven, and but Josh could be shooting like, 38% from three by that point, And we're just talking about chip England the whole time. Very true. Before we dive more this into the schedule shooting God, let's take a quick moment. Tell the listeners where they can get some of our awesome shirts at, including some of our Chet shirts that are not part of the commercial yet. We'll get that fixed. Uh, and the sponsors for the episode for the week. What's up thunder fans. This is Jacob from the uncontested podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the uncontested podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man step back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back, guys. So we've talked about kind of the strength of the schedule, that opening night game, those first nine, including that TNT game. Um, I want to talk month by month for this schedule. What is, in your guys' opinion, the most difficult month of the season for the Thunder schedule-wise? And what is the easiest month of the season um, schedule-wise? So I'll jump in and say, I think the easiest month is interesting because it comes at the end. I think March is the easiest month for the Thunder. And the if they're playing everybody, their most successful month win-loss-wise because they're, that's the month that they would tank if they were going to pull the plug. But listen to this, this schedule. You have Lakers. Who knows about them? Jazz, Jazz, Dubs and Phoenix, difficult games. New Orleans, a difficult game. San Antonio Spurs, Brooklyn Nets. Who the hell knows who's going to be playing for Brooklyn in March? Um, The Toronto Raptors, Phoenix Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana. That last that last week might be four and zero. Are you able to tell how many of those games are at home? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine home games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight road games. So nine of those are at home. Uh, nine and eight is 17 games. They have Utah twice. They have the Spurs once. They have Charlotte, Detroit, and Indiana. I think all of those are very winnable games. Yeah. They have the Lakers twice in that month. They have the Clippers twice in that month. Um, they have the Blazers once in that month. Uh, I think the Blazers could be a winnable game. It all depends on what direction they take whenever they get to that part of the season. But as far as just if I'm putting my guys versus your guys, I think March is the best season for the Thunder. Like I could see them going near 500 in March. Yeah, this is gonna, that, that's going to be the time. If they're going to declare themselves, <laughs> that seems to be one of the main months where they could do that against similar levels of competition. Yeah, the interesting part, though, again, is it comes at the end of the year, so they might say, we've lost enough games, we're pulling the plug here, where if that March schedule was actually in December, 
and they're hitting a stride and they're like in sixth in the West or something. I think you keep, keep the motor running. Yeah. But by the time they get to March, they might've already pulled the plug. See, that's what I keep wondering too. Right. And and we talked about this, but like, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go down the rabbit hole when it comes to March. You guys mentioned this, you have eight home, nine road games. It's a lot of, a lot of basketball, but also at that point, like with this team being as young as they are, I think the average age is like what, 22 point something. I mean, it's very, very young. I think it's, yeah, I think it's 22. Combined with, we said either, depending on the the website or source you look at, either the first or second hardest schedule in the league as a whole. It, you could find yourself at the point where it doesn't really matter, right? And and so we could see some tire rotations from Dignall. Uh You're playing a more competitive uh, you know, roster at that point. You're playing kind of some of your core guys. You have a more regular rotation, like I mentioned, and you're also playing uh, other competitive teams who are kind of gearing up for the playoffs. And you're still losing those games, so it's kind of a win-win. Like you're not seeing a full-on drastic tank like we saw the past two seasons at this, at this point of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still able to get some really critical burn for some of these guys and, and entertaining basketball games. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, to Jacob's point, it could they could also just go the complete other direction. And instead, we're seeing like Usman Jang start uh, and, and run a little more point than we're more accustomed to seeing. And maybe we see Josh Giddy play without Shea one night, and then we see Shea play without Josh Giddy the other night, right? Yeah. And so... I, either way, I think it's still going to be much more exciting than the marches of the, of the the past couple of seasons because like this roster is just so much more deep and we care so much more about some of these players at the end of the bench as, as bad as that sounds. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm also looking at February as easiest month. February, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games in February. Here is that February lineup. Houston, Houston. Dubs, Lakers, Blazers, Pelicans, Houston again. Three Houston games. Mm -hmm. After the All-Star break, Utah, Phoenix, Sacramento, Sacramento. Houston three times, Utah, and two Sacramento games. Ooh. That might be the easiest month. That might be. And you know what? To kind of contradict my my point about March, Jacob, and and to your point earlier, like if they go through the month... I'm combining words now. If they go through <laughs> the uh, the month of February, maybe we do see them sit a couple guys or a handful of guys in March and and you know kind of uh, prioritize the development of other players if they win a lot of those rattle off a lot of wins during that stretch in February. There's 11 games in February. Looking at it right now, if they played everybody, they could go six and five, seven and four. Yep, totally. And you could be really be finding a groove and finding something special at that time. And sorry, the wife was out of town, or she is out of town, so she was calling, checking in stuff all as well. Uh, but what did you guys decide was the hardest month of the? Well, well we schedule? haven't we haven't talked yeah, hardest I've, yet. I've been, oh, okay. I'm torn we started with the, easiest. All right. Yeah, I'm torn between Good. November and December. I think I'm sorry. I didn't mean to transition us. Uh, oh no, I think that's where we were headed there anyway. <laughs> cool. I think I'm going to land on December. December uh, looks like a difficult month. It's tough. We can. That's what really I was going to say as well. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen games. The month begins with a four-game road trip against Minnesota, Atlanta, Memphis, Cleveland, and Dallas. Five-game, five-game road trip to start the month of December against uh, all good teams. Yep, and then you 
maybe my favorite part of the schedule just for me personally mm-hmm. um, comes right after that. A seven-game homestand through Christmas. Um, this is Teacher Jacobs talking right now. This is <laughs> this is Christmas break time, baby. Yep. Well, I'm not on, just for I'm teachers on, either. Yeah, right? like I'm, a lot of people take off during that time. I'm on Christmas break. I'm chilling. Nothing to grade. Going to Thunder games. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. But those next seven at home: Miami, Minnesota, Memphis, the three M's, Portland. Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio. Then they close the month with Charlotte and then a Thunder staple at home on New Year's Eve against the Philadelphia 76ers. Haven't they had the New Year's Eve game? I, I tweeted this out from the account that I think they've know, had they one every tradition, year, but that's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. I think all the way back to 2008. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember those first couple of seasons, but I think that's correct. You ever, you guys ever been to the New Year's Eve game? I don't think I so. have been to one of them. I've been to a few of them. They're a lot of fun. They, it's awesome. We went to one. Oh man, it was back when I was in high school, I believe. But it was it was really cool. It was when we were playing that that stretch where we played Phoenix, I think, on New Year's Eve, like three years in a row. The the um, players also get and the coaches and everyone, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth of December off. So that's nice. I, I, I believe the whole team celebrates. That's really Christmas, cool. So mm-hmm. that's really nice for them. But really Silva, cool. I think I'm with you. I think December definitely the most difficult month like when i look at december it's hard to find wins man san antonio and charlotte at the end of the month i think those are very winnable games yeah are there any other games that month where the thunder are favored no i don't think that's a good point unless things are going worse for portland than we imagine they will be um but no i don't think there would be any more yeah it's really tough and and, you you go on that road trip you go on the five game road trip and then come back to play Miami of all teams. So it's not going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I was just going to say an, an honorable mention to November where yeah. the Thunder play their second most games uh, right next to March, 16 games in November, but included in it, included in that is one of their longest. Uh, I think there's four different stretches of four straight away games. Um, and that first one, November consists of the Knicks uh, and Boston on a back to back. Uh, two days later, Washington, meh, but then two days later, Memphis, right? So that's going to be a pretty brutal stretch. Yeah. And like I said, the second most games in a month that they'll play uh, next to March. Just a lot of good teams in the NBA at this point. It's hard, it's that's hard to find wins a good in point. general. Yeah, Isn't like, that crazy I don't, I don't, to think about? I don't think the Thunder are like going to be worse. I actually think they're going to be better, but I think there's yeah. a chance the schedule does not – or not the schedule, but the, the record does not reflect that. Yeah, there will, there will be on. growth. You'll be able to see this team is better at basketball. Mm-hmm. But if you are just watching the record, maybe it doesn't look like that because just the competition around them has gotten so much better. Yeah, whole league has never been more talented than it is right now, I don't think. I agree completely. Interesting. So I mentioned what my favorite segment of the season is. It's that seven-game homestand around Christmas time in December. Um, that's just, it's maybe my favorite, second favorite time of year, um, just on a personal level, not on a basketball level, but just if I'm ranking times of year that week, two week lead up to Christmas is definitely my favorite. Um, so that, that's the segment of the schedule that I like the most. Is there a segment of the schedule that you guys are most excited for? Oh, that's I, tough. Yeah, uh, I I love Halloween. Um, there's not really a I mean, that's the very beginning of the season, basically. So there's not a ton to take away from that. But uh, shortly after that, in November, it's a nice little stretch uh, between the 20th and the 25th. 
It's Knicks, Denver, Chicago, all at home, all at the end of November. So it's close to Thanksgiving. Uh, I think that'll be pretty nice. And the back-to-back, there's a Chicago-Houston back-to-back. But I feel like that second night of that would be still winnable. Mm-hmm. Dang you, Silva. That's a, that's what I was going to mention mainly for a lot of those same reasons, yeah. uh, especially like, you know, I think about January and like when you get towards it, there's some really fun games during that stretch. But when, when you get later and later in, into January uh, and into the beginning of February, it's kind of like a lot of people call it the dog. <laughs> the The NBA season has that dog in them, Jacob, yeah. at that point before they all-star break. Dog in them. The, the players are ready for a break. It's been a grueling season to that point. They're ready for a little time off uh, and or a little fun at, at the All-Star. Not really weekend. I mean, I mean, we'll call it weekend, but it's like three, four days. Um, then they have a couple more days off before really the second half of the season really starts to kick in. And so I think, you know, I, I wanted to come up with something different than you guys, but I, I think that's correct. Even though like in a typical season, it, or I shouldn't even say typical season, if the Thunder were competing for a playoff spot. I think that like towards the end of March, especially when they're playing teams, they're going on a, a road trip, a West coast road trip, uh, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, come back home for two home games. And then they have Indiana uh, at the very end of March, like kind of gearing up for the playoffs at that point, that could be a fun month if they were playoff contenders, but like we've already broken down, that's probably pretty unlikely uh, even for this season. So I'd probably have to go with, with Silva's answer as well. That November stretch, and then the seven-game home stretch, like Jacob mentioned, that's going to be really fun in December. One other stretch that I really like is the February stretch leading up to the All-Star break. Just because in the course of two weeks, they play Houston three times. Oh, that and is I fun. And di- I dislike Houston, and I want to see the Thunder beat <laughs> Houston very badly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that is a fun stretch. I want to answer a question from the chat real quick. Uh, Meek Leak says, are we really winning against Charlotte? I think the Thunder actually match up really well against Charlotte, especially with Bridges no longer playing. Um, that takes out a, a, a big cog in that machine. You still have Lamelo, yes, I understand that, but I mean, they're if they play probably their most upsided center, that's a rookie, right? Um, they're probably going to start like Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, Terry Rogier, like th- that's a team that has been in the play-in for the past couple of years and just hasn't won the play-in game. But I think you take um, Bridges off that team and they're just not very good. And I-, I think that is a team that the Thunder would match up really well against. I agree completely. With you. That is, that's interesting. <laughs> Makes you wonder how good the Hornets will actually be this season. You yeah, know? I think it'll be like, really bad. How's Hayward going to look? Do they just go yeah. ahead and trade him at the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of hypotheticals with that team, but I agree. I think they match up well, and especially at this competitive Thunder team. I mean, I'm, I don't have the schedule pull up in front of me anymore. Um, trying to find one where they do play. Them. Regardless, let's say that they're playing them in a, like I said, a January or a February game during that stretch. You know, these guys are going to show up. They're going to play hard. Like we talked about last season, they were 12th. You know, they were in the top half of uh, defensive rating, right, for a very extended period before they started to quote-unquote tank. I think we'll definitely see that again. I think we all think that they're probably going to be even better defensively due to some of the players that they added. You meet a team like Charlotte on a random Tuesday night in January, I think this team could absolutely give Charlotte uh, every bit that they're looking for and more. So I think I'm with you there, Jacob. 
a question I wanted to pose to both of you just out of just because it's fun. The Thunder went two and two against the Lakers last season. And those are two of the more fun games of the season. Uh I'm I think one of, our, one, one of our yeah, that was the I'm him game. They went two and two in the four games. They played the Lakers three times this upcoming season. How many games do you think they win? Hmm. Ooh. You see, four times? They play them three times. Three times. Three times. Okay. Yeah. They win one. Screw it. They win two. Yeah. Maybe we get another I'm him. Hey, I don't know. Obviously, LeBron only signed that extension today because he knows that a Kyrie trade is happening, uh, according to Twitter.com. So, <laughs> so and Kyrie are, doesn't play basketball. Does, so to uh, Jacob's point, <laughs> what are your what are some of your guys' favorite games on the schedule here? Uh, a lot of a lot of them are ones that I think are winnable. <laughs> <laughs> so the ones just, early in the season where everybody's going to play. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I I have a list. I want to see if you guys agree okay. with my list and what which games are you most excited for that are not on the list. Okay, yeah. the first one is the opener. Not only because it's the first game of the season that's exciting, but also we've talked the matchup. I think is fascinating. Lou Dort guarding Ant is fun. Who guards Shea? Because I don't think they have a really good Shea defender. I think probably Jaden McDaniels guards Shea uh, to start the game there. Um, the the whole Chet versus probably the biggest front line in the league as his very first NBA game. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to fire off a lot of hot takes one way or the other after that game. So I'm excited about the the season opener. And then we get to do the same conversation about the same team two games later, but at the home opener. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited. Last year, attendance wasn't great at the Paycom Center, um, understandably. Home opener, early Sunday tip, 6 p.m. It's on a weekend. People are fired up about Chet Holmgren, about Shea Gilgis Alexander, about Josh Giddy. I hope the the peak is packed out. I might get tickets for that. I think yeah, that one would be really fun. Mm-hmm. The next one I'm I'm excited for is that TNT game against Orlando. I it's want at I'm ex- home. It's at home. It's a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. But against Orlando, first the, the Chet Paulo matchup, right? Obviously. But nationally televised, everybody tunes into the TNT games. This to me, that game is the statement like Shea Gilgis Alexander needs to be in the all-star conversation. That's where it happens. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that angle. Um, no. I'm really glad you brought that up. And I think I completely. who's going to guard him? I, Suggs, I, Suggs is the only option. Oh, that my I think. gosh. Yeah. And Suggs is a good player. I don't think yeah. he can guard Shea right now. Yeah. Agreed. And then if you want to put Markel Fultz out there or Cole Anthony. Mm-hmm. McDaniels. Roll, roll yeah, him get, up and smoke him, man. Little Gary Harris. Yeah. I, I, honestly, that might be it. Yeah. So I, I think that that will be a Shea nationally coming out game. I'm excited for that one. Those are probably the three games I am most excited for. And they all come the first on, two and a half weeks of the season. First two weeks of the season. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this as well, right? Like, um, Silva and I were talking about this. Silva, or Silva, <laughs> Jacob, you went and got water right before the podcast. Uh, and Jake and Silva and I were, were going through this. There are four teams uh, of the 30 that do not have an ESPN or ABC broadcasted game this season. And obviously the Thunder are one of them, uh, the Utah jazz, which is pretty telling, uh, the Detroit Pistons, 
who we just mentioned on that TNT game and the Orlando Magic are the the other three. But the thing about TNT and nationally televised games and the ebbs and flows of the regular season is that I, I don't know if that will necessarily mean that that is the Thunder's only, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we aren't including NBA TV games here. I'm not sure that means that this is the only nationally televised game. For example, if you get one of these games, like, you know, I don't have the nationally uh, broadcast schedule pulled up, but you have like the Knicks playing, shoot, let's just say like the Knicks and um, Brooklyn are a nationally televised game this season. I don't know if they are or not, but Kevin Durant's traded at that point. You only have Kyrie. Who knows if he's playing? Um, maybe Jalen Brunson's hurt or somebody from for the Knicks is hurt. But that same night, you have a Thunder-Houston matchup. And Chet's been on a tear. To Jake's point, uh, SGA is making a, a statement, uh, all or an All Star run statement. Like, I think TNT would rather prioritize a Thunder Houston game at that point than a Brooklyn New York Knicks game without many stars, right? So, just because there's only one nationally televised game outside the NBA TV games right now on the schedule, doesn't necessarily mean that we won't see more of those Thunder games uh, as the season progresses. That's a really good point. Give us a, a percentage chance that that happens, that the Thunder get added to a, a national Ooh, broadcast. That's wild. Ooh, over under uh, 50. No. <laughs> I would put it at like 15%. 15? Yeah. No, that's lower than I was thinking. I was going to go like 30. Yeah, I was thinking like 25. So about all about the same. Yeah. Price is right. Yep. <laughs> Uh, in the yeah. chat, we have uh, people saying they think Thunder versus Houston is going to be an interesting watch. That was another one that's on my list. Thunder yep. play Houston for the first time, mm-hmm. um, November twenty sixth. I think that could be a really fascinating. There's a, there's a handful game. of matchups I'm looking for. Uh, Thunder Cleveland. Uh, I'm looking forward oh. to that one quite a bit. Uh, when, when's that one? The, that one? the first one in that is December tenth. I think it is. I think it is. Yep. Yes, December tenth at six thirty. Uh, yeah, I want to see that. I feel like the Thunder have a lot of similarities to Cleveland, except Cleveland just kind of like pushed their, it feels like they've pushed their chips in a little earlier than the Thunder mm-hmm. did. Um, yeah, I want to see Shea versus Garland. I want to see Chet versus Evan Mobley, our lost love. I want to see <laughs> the one that got just, away. The one who got away. Uh, yeah, that one's really fun. I want to see uh, Thunder versus Memphis after the whole Kenneth Lofton thing. I just want to see that be put to bed. Uh, I like Shea versus Jaw. I can't. I feel like it's going to be easy for me to just hate the Grizzlies once the Thunder are are uh, just as competitive as they are and push them for the playoffs. They're going to be a great rival. Um, yeah, that first Memphis game uh, comes on a Friday night, November eighteenth. Yeah, in Memphis. Yeah. That's going to be fun. in Memphis. Ooh. Yeah, and then uh, I think another one is the Pelicans, just because all the weird bodies that'll be in that game. Oh my gosh! That's so Zion, true. Ingram, all the weird bodies on OKC. Zion versus Chet time. in the paint. Yeah, God. be wild. Yeah, absolutely it's like wild. Whenever uh, Bane picked up Batman, yeah. <laughs> it's basically what yeah. that is. Yeah, I, uh, I I think about Detroit as well. I don't mean to keep just yeah. Obviously, rebuilding mm-hmm. teams mm-hmm. are going to be more competitive games that they're both playing each other. I get that, but yes, there's the, the Troy Weaver connection that makes things interesting, but. It is really fun kind of comparing and contrasting the ways that Weaver is building his team over in Detroit and Presti's building this team here in OKC. Obviously, a lot of talent on both ends of the floor. Cunningham and Ivy together combined with Duran and um, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Sadiq Bey. And then you have like this super, you know, just a ton of athletes uh, and a lot of scoring there, I think, 
on both ends of the, <laughs> and then good defenders on both ends of the four for Detroit, where Presley's kind of going this other direction, right? This this the versatility five players on the four can do a little bit of everything. How did those like two contrasting styles of play look against each other? I guess is what I'm going for. Like I, I think that could be really interesting, uh, and kind of tracking that the first time that they play each other, and then later on in the season they play each other as well. That'll be kind of fun. Yeah, they played Detroit for the first time November 7th and then again on March 29th. So it's that's pretty what big I was thinking spread out. Yeah. yeah. Pretty big gap. So that's an interesting kind of measuring. Unless they're both there. tanking in March and like we get, you know, bottom of the barrel players from each team. That would kind yeah, of stink. That's six games before the last <laughs> game of the season. That could be the case. So uh yeah, they they could be playing the Xavier Simpsons, the the Kalazakis is I think Kalazakis apostrophe. I'm Kalazakis not even going is. to attempt it. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, pr- pretty pretty interesting um, kind of dynamics here. I think. You guys have any more schedule thoughts before we wrap this episode up? This is you know really just the schedule pod, uh, but I think it's kind of interesting to to break down kind of our favorite games, favorite stretches, those most difficult months, the easiest months, and and we talked about it, but I think the the contrast that if the easy months were at the beginning and the thunder really got on a roll, it might be something where they continue to play guys and, and let them push on what they built. But those easy months come at the very end of the season and they might be so buried at that point. Sam Presti talked a lot about games of consequence. You don't have it. If the easy games were at the beginning of the season, you have more games of consequence in February, March and April. I don't know if they're going to get that opportunity. The schedule almost Mm -hmm. seems like it's set up for them to tank, lose a lot early to good teams. And then whenever you're playing the bad teams, you've already pulled the plug and and you're resting guys like Shea and Josh and Chet. Agreed. I'm with you completely. And that's kind of what I was alluding to there when I, when I was talking about the, the or the, the tough schedules uh, as a whole. And yeah. being the Spurs, Thunder, Pistons, I think Orlando was one of them, whoever else. I think that's really a point. And then just one last overall thought I can leave us with here. This is from Vincent Goodwill. Uh, earlier today, he tweeted, per the NBA, sorry, this is from the NBA. Uh, I was thinking he uh, came up with this, but this is actually a, a statement from the NBA. The estimated average miles traveled for the 2022-2023 regular season has been reduced to 41,000 miles per team, which is a record low in the era with 30 teams and 82 games per team. So obviously this is a, a lot of logistics have gone to the schedule. They're improving it season by season. And I just, I, I found that fascinating and, and really important in this yeah. you know, player empowerment, uh, taking games off and resting, uh, you know, era that we find ourselves in. Right. Yeah. Lowering the travel time mm-hmm. is, is incredible. Two more thoughts before we get out of here. Unless Silva, do you have anything to add? No. Okay. You're, you're nailing uh, it. Meek Leak said to counter Jacob, if we do really well early, we might have a breakout season. I think that's fair. If the Thunder get through December and are like just below 500, um, like five or six games below 500, and then really, uh, and that February stretch really take off, maybe they let them play out and they play for a play in spot. Like that is definitely a possibility. Uh, the second thing, and uh, I, I, I don't know how listeners feel about this on our show. Um, I would love feedback, right? So please tweet at us, DM us, get us on Instagram, on Facebook, in the comments, whatever. Um, 
I, I pride that the uncontested is not a sports show that ignores important topics and we address those things. Uh, I've seen quite a few people um, kind of trolling the NBA um, for the fact that they are not playing games on election night in November. People are saying, what you think people are going to NBA games versus going to the polls. That's ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I understand that. I don't, I don't think like people are missing out on voting because their favorite NBA team is playing that evening, but I'll tell you what I love. And that is in that press release where they said they were not going to play games on election night, all the games the night before the entire messaging around the league in those arenas on those commercials is civic engagement, right? That there, we're not playing games tomorrow. And we are telling you over and over on the broadcast, on your local broadcast, on the national broadcast tonight, tomorrow is election day. Do your civic duty. Take part, an active role in democracy. Get out and cast your vote in the midterm elections. I love it. I absolutely love that they're doing that. Um, the the not playing games on election night like doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But the fact that they are cognizantly pushing that narrative the night before to try to get people to, to be engaged and active. Um, I love that the NBA does that. Uh, and it makes me very proud to, uh, to be such a fan of this league. Well said. I agree. I was trying to scroll through and I thought the NBA worded it really well. Um, let's see. Yeah. So the, the scheduling decision came out of the NBA family's focus on promoting nonpartisan civic engagement encouraging fans to make a plan to vote during midterm elections. So for those of you listening to this, rolling your eyes saying, Oh my gosh, this is just the, you know, fill in the blank party uh, propaganda. That's, that's not the case. You're not going to be watching games that night to Jacob's point and seeing political ads or whatever it may be. It's, it's truly just uh, trying to get citizens involved to go out and vote. And I think that's, that's very important to Jacob's point. And I think uh, a lot of you would probably, a lot of our listeners, especially here, you know, being an Oklahoma podcast, uh, I probably are pretty, politically active in regards to going out and voting uh, listeners of ours. But I, I think like across the nation, especially in like larger cities, we know OKC is a small market. I think there are probably a lot of people who just don't go out and do that. They don't exercise that right. But if they were to see their favorite players talking about that, again, regardless of political party, they're probably going to go out and that's going to encourage yeah. them more than you would think. So I, I agree with Jacob there. Not to get too deep into the weeds too, and I don't want to make it about politics i want to make it about democracy yep the the demographic of the nba is young people primarily right yep. like yeah um i'm not to say that like older people don't watch the nba but a large viewership of the league are your 18 to 35 range and if there's one thing that polling for both parties continually shows it is that younger people turnout at the polls is very, very low. And so what a great spot to get the message out that regardless of your candidate, get out and become an active member uh, in your government. What, what better organization to push that message than the NBA? Because it targets that group of people who don't typically vote. And I think that's really cool. That's all I got. Silva, let's play some outro music. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Uncontested. We really appreciate you. I know uh, maybe not the sexiest topic, just talking about games that we can't wait to watch, but uh, we're super excited. The schedule coming out makes me just want to go get on YouTube and watch the chat highlights. I think that's, I think that's uh, on the docket for tonight for me. 
Hey, we'll be back with you guys again Sunday evening, 9 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you come and join us and hang out. Until then, have a great rest of your week. If you are in Oklahoma or Middle America, enjoy the cool down, man. We're down like 23 degrees today. It's beautiful. We've got some rain. We'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.